Okay, welcome everyone again to the welcome again to another episode of the conversation outspoken and opinionated. Of course, I am your host. My name is Edwin Meyer. Um, last week was such an amazing show. I mean, the questions came in. People had so much. People had so many things to say when it comes to mental health. And so um, for the last, I would say a week, couple of days, I've been in conversations with a lot of people just talking about, you know, this whole transition into um, homeschool, um, not homeschool, but the transition into this uh, um, virtual school that um, I would say majority of the kids in the United States are actually participating in. Um, Last month, if you guys recall, I had a conversation with Precious Taylor, who gave us, you know, some insight on how we can protect our kids from cyberbullying or just protect our kids from everything that's out there in the internet. But today we're really going to focus on mental health and mental well-being in the classroom. And I have an amazing school teacher who's been teaching for over 10 years. It's weird because um, I've been knowing her. And so now to see her, she's been teaching for 10 years. It's like over 10 years. It's like, oh, wow. She taught in a private sector. Now she's also teaching in public school. But she will give us a great perspective of what's going on, what's expected of parents, and also what's expected of the kids. Um, currently in the States, in the United States of America, there's 13,506 school districts in the United States. There are also 56.6 million students between K to 12th grade. And of that 56.6 million students, we have 3.7 million school teachers who are assigned to those schools and who are supposed to do their job. And what I have noticed is that as a parent, um, there are some parents who aren't giving the teachers the ability to do what they're supposed to do. And I'm also included. And I think one thing our parents um, aren't understanding is that the kids are supposed to do their job. They're supposed to be students. Allow them to, yes, they're your child, but they're supposed to be students. Because when these kids are in this environment, this uh, virtual learning environment, you have parents who are coming in, disrupting the classroom. They forget to understand that the other kids and the teacher can see what's going on in your house. Because guess what? The camera is on. So you've given these people access to see all the questions that are going on. I don't know if you guys have seen this video with this lady literally walking across the Zoom camera where she's practically nude. And she has totally forgot that her child is on camera. You have other videos where there are parents who are jumping in and telling the teacher that's not correct and all these different things is happening. So today I have Mina Baxter, who is, I said, like I said earlier, is an elementary school teacher who's been teaching for over 10 years. She uh, will give you guys all her particulars. You know, I try to stay away from people, you know, accolades behind their names. God, I can mess everything up. Once it's not in healthcare, I'll just be confused. But I'm going to, uh, I want you guys, you know, to listen and just get educated on what we can and cannot do. But again, it's me and I'm Baxter, and I'm going to bring her to the show. Hi. Welcome, Mina. How are you? I'm good. Good. So welcome to the conversation. It is outspoken and opinionated. I tell all my guests that come on the show, we say whatever we say, but we say whatever we need. So you are free to say whatever you can say. And sometimes you know, there are things you can say and it's okay. But today I really want you to help us parents and people who are watching and people who are here just to educate us on the things that go on within the community when it comes to virtual learning. Because we have a lot, a lot, a lot of kids and their parents who are in the classroom. Oh, yes. 
So just to give context to that, I just want to have a conversation with you because I had a, so I know meetings and so in between meetings, um, I had a meeting today where I met with one of my, um, just having a conversation. And she was like, oh, you know, I'm really frustrated because uh, my kids, uh, my kid is having an issue and the teacher is not counting on him and the teacher don't ask him questions. And she went into blah, 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 blah. So I, that's the context I just want to give you coming from a parent perspective. But if you can go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell the people who you are, what you do, and then we can go from there. So I'm Nina Baxter, and I currently teach in a public school. Um, we're very diverse learners. So we have um, a huge population of ESOL students, um, SPED students, Gen Ed um, students. Um, I've been working with children for as long as I can remember. I, I was a camp counselor and then I went on to do other things. And then um, I became a teacher. I got my master's in teaching uh, 10 years ago. It seems like a long time. <laughs> and I worked in the private school sector and I've worked in public school as well. And I can truly say that teaching is my passion. I've always wanted to do it. Um, and I'm just so, I'm grateful to God that I am able to do it. So just to get this out of the way. So you when you said teaching is your passion, so you just got up and knew that you wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. You know, when you're like six or seven, you start saying stuff like, oh, I want to be a race car driver. Some people want to be ballerinas. I wanted to be a teacher. I would. Oh, yeah, but these kids said it would be bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so what grade do you teach? So right now I teach elementary school, so be, um, early childhood. So that can be anywhere between pre-K and third grade. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Love. I no, I can't. So I, 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 I can't do it. I think in another part of my world, I am um, associate faculty at a local college here where I live. And so for me, it's extremely important that my students, because you're in college, you need to come prepared and know what you need to do. And so I am one of those teachers when you go to ratesmycollege.com, professor, you put my name, you see they have a lot of things to say. <laughs> I didn't do, but I'm fine, it's okay. But let's um, go into what we really wanna talk about today. Um, what, what, how were you guys able to transition from face to face now into virtual? So, at first, it was difficult. We had to go to a lot of trainings um, because for a lot of us, we've never used Zoom. We never had to use Zoom in our classrooms. Um, we also had to go to trainings for different apps and stuff that we you will use, like Screencastify, where you have to cut up your video and um, add a video to your classroom slide, just different things that you wouldn't even think of that you would need in a virtual space. So we started off with a lot of trainings, a lot of day-to-day -day walking us through the schedule, how it's gonna be like, like the first day of school, really getting our expectations to be getting those students online. And I think that was our major thing, just getting students online was the biggest thing because we knew the technology factor was gonna be so much. After all the trainings and the first week of school, we were able to get started. And I think we're on a good track now. This is the seventh week, and I think we're doing really well as far as students' participation. 
So, and I see that you continue to say students, 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 students. And so I will say this. So how has it been for you with the parents? And you don't need to, you can just give us a little vague little thing. How has it been? I don't, you know, how has it been? Um, It's like a surgeon having a, a family member in the surgery room. That's how it is. So oh. it's like a surgeon doing like open heart surgery and the person's wife is standing right next to them or their mother is standing right next to them and saying, hey, you're not doing it that way. Hey, um, are you okay? Are you okay? And I think we're not used to working with um, our students' parents in the room with us. Yes, we had parent days where they would come and read a story and help us out. But now we have parents in the classroom with us for the greater part of the day. Sometimes I have I see parents there from the time we start school until the time we end school. They're sitting right next to their child. Awesome. Wait, hold up. You said the parents stay there during the entire time? Yes. Okay, that parents don't have a job. <laughs> Um, thank you guys for the questions. Uh, we will answer your questions as they come in. Uh, but I just want to get a feel of Miss Baxter, as we call her in the classroom, Mrs. Baxter. So we will answer your questions. But um, like I was saying, I had a conversation with my coworker today, uh, which is, you know, uh, from our regular check-in this week. Um, she said, you know, she was saying, you know, it's really hard. You know, my son, you know, um, I feel that if I leave him in the room, he's not going to do his work. And so I have to be there with him. And the last time I left him, he didn't do his work. And being mean the way I am, and I think God blessed me with such a mature child, like my seven-year-old is extremely mature. He knows at eight. 55. You get in your room, you turn your computer on, and you go. I pop in a couple of times, but I really don't stay there because I remember the teacher saying this. We don't want you guys in the classroom. So if you can just educate parents right now who are on, what do they need to do when class starts? Um, oh, my goodness. So for... <laughs> So when class begins, of course, you want to make sure that your child is logged on. You want to make sure that they um, have their supplies because that's a major thing also in my class. So paper, pencil, journals, whatever the teacher is going to require from them. And you also want to make sure they're in a quiet place, a place where they can concentrate. Um, I've, um, I've seen kids in the middle of their living room. And you have people coming in and out and siblings and pets, dogs barking. And it's just like, find a quiet place for them and let them be in their class. Let them be independent. Because the truth is, if they were in school, you wouldn't be there. If they were in school, you wouldn't be putting in the passwords on their Chromebooks. If they were in school, you wouldn't be getting their supplies for them. You wouldn't be running into the other room to make sure that they have a pencil or a journal. So you have to just let them be independent. And I know it's hard. It's difficult. This is your baby. Even if they're old and grown, they're still your baby. But you have to give them that independence, especially when it comes to school. Okay, and so being that this month um, on the conversation, we're really focusing on mental health, mental stability, and all that stuff. Excuse me. Oh, whoa. So um, we, how is it mentally for you as a teacher moving from face to face? Now you have to be virtual. How is it for you mentally? 
it's hard. It, okay. It's truly hard. Um, mentally, it's very hard. And I think what it is is that all of the things that we truly enjoy about teaching, so being with our students, engaging with our students, planning those hands-on lessons, you know, those lessons where they're all around the table and mm -hmm. you're doing a science experiment and their their eyes are lighting up. We aren't getting that anymore. We're not in our happy place. My classroom is my happy place. I love my classroom. I decorate it. I love it. It's my, my little sanctuary. I have my coffee going. Like, and then my teacher friends, I don't get I haven't seen them. I see them through Zoom and that's it. And we're used to after work hanging out and it's just all the great things that we really truly love about education is just I feel like it's been taken from us. So it's really kind of hard, especially when you don't have that social um that social aspect of it. Okay. So how are you guys um so for one thing I know, I don't know the ratio of teacher versus kids in the classroom and I know when it's face to face it's a different thing. But did you guys was it a different structure now that you guys um are dealing with the kids and the instructor? Like, how do you, how are you guys doing that? Because I, I have been in my summer and I've seen, teacher, oh, she's not watching. Oh, look at me. Oh, she's not. I'm like, can you calm down? <laughs> and you know, like, is it? a silver lining. Lightning. So you, you have a storm. You have all these things going on, but there's always this, like, really good, aspect of the storm so for me is the ratio because right now we're not going over 20 and if oh, okay. and then some of the higher grades they're not going over 25 they're really trying to keep it small for so you can get that one-on-one -on -one time with the students so it really it really is better as far as the ratio because it could go up higher especially in the public sector yeah huge classes i mean classes where like the teacher is way out number i think one of the years i taught um second grade i had 30 children in my class excuse me yes <laughs> 30 of snot nose other people kids in your class <laughs> can't do it so, and the talk out of control like talking 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 yeah and so um looking at that um kids we all know that kids are like sponge and so, you know, what we have noted, what I have noticed as a parent is that, you know, and just having conversation with other parents, it's like we have not been able to let go, especially with the fact that there are a lot of parents who are working from home. So like for me, a um, couple of months, I will go in the office, but now I'm really working from home. I'm like at home. So he's right upstairs. He can just scream and I'm and I will go there. And so I think this is a thing that a lot of parents are seeing. But you as a teacher who also have a daughter, let's talk about that. So we have teachers who have kids and then they have to help their kids, but then they also have to be in the classroom. So how are you guys working? Like what's the flexibility when it comes to that? It, it's truly a balance where it's like, because right, even now it's like, the school day doesn't seem to end because your people are now able to message you on class dojo or send you an email. They feel like whatever time I've gotten calls at 11 o'clock, I've talked to fathers at 10.30 p.m. me, probably with me. I have my child in the other room and she has her headphones on and then I'll see her like, she'll come in my room and she'll whisper something to me. I'll like, 
word something back to her. Sometimes I have to tell her, no, because she's trying to come in here. And it's just like, we're really trying to just make it work. And I think that's all we can do. You have to have a positive mindset. And I think that's what has what has really gotten me through all of this. It's just having a positive mindset and knowing that my students are going to learn this year. And I hear a lot of parents saying, oh, that's, oh, this year is a waste. They're not going to learn anything. And your child is hearing everything you're saying. When you say, oh, that teacher, she never calls on you. She doesn't care about you. Your child is internalizing that. And then when they go to class and they seem like they don't care or they seem like out of it, you're wondering why, but he's just heard you talk about his teacher for one hour. So what do you think they're going to, what do you think he's going to think about his teacher? What do you think you're going to think he's going to think about what she has to say? So we really have to be careful with our mindsets right now and what we speak. So yeah, I think that's what has really helped me, just that positive mindset. And so bringing it back again to mental health and mental stability when it comes to kids, you know, there are kids that are from different walks of life. And now we have also realized that there are kids who don't have, there are kids who don't have access to um, the computer. Yes. Or they don't have internet. So what are you, um, how are you dealing with that as a teacher? Um, well, our district has been really good about handing out um, Chromebooks, um, new iPads, um, hotspots for um, students who don't have internet, but there's still a few students who are struggling with that. Um, parents have to use phones sometimes to get onto the Zoom, our Zoom classroom or our Google Meet because of that. And I, for how we deal with it is just giving them grace. I think that um, we've really stepped out of that expectation of you have to do this, you have to do that, and really into like, I, I understand. And we will try to make it work. I'll tell my principal and we will make it work so that your child can have everything they need to succeed. So we have a question. So I want to go to this question. That we have. Um, the question is, I'm going to show it. Can you read it? They're asking, what are your thoughts on reopening the school? I am torn. I am. I Like I said, I want to be back in my building. I want to be back in my classroom. And a lot of people are saying, yeah, teachers, they don't want to go back to work. The grocery store people have been in work this whole time. But we wanted to go back to our classroom. But we don't want to be martyrs. We don't want to get sick because we're doing what we love. And you also have to take into consideration that these students aren't with us just for 30 minutes by or 10 minutes um, checking out bread. They're there for almost seven hours. So I am on the fence about it. I want my students yeah. to be back in the classroom with me, but I also want my, me and my um, um, teacher friends to be safe and my school to be safe. I don't want teachers to get sick from this and pass away, which is what we had a lot of in March. Mm. So um, we have, I'm trying to find a better way to work, but we currently have this option in my district of kids going virtual or going virtual hybrid, half and half or the go full virtual. 
for me personally, I'm just like, how is this going to work? It it is when I hear hybrid, I hear double work because in March we were recording um, lessons, so some teachers had live lessons and then some teachers had recorded lessons. So hybrid, that's exactly what's going to be happening. Your teacher is either going to have to record beforehand the lesson for the students that are at um, home, or mm -hmm. going to have to record while she's teaching a class. And if you can imagine that having 10 or 15 children in front of you and another 10 on a computer like that and they're writing in the yeah. chat and asking you questions if you think about it it's going to be so difficult for the educator um we're going to have to work through it but i think that's our the next step will be to do hybrid for the schools but it is it's going to be double work for us and so um as a teacher right now you are doing you know you're doing your best that you can and so how um what are the level of support because i think a good thing is a level of support that comes from our families and friends and stuff like that but there are people watching so like i said i am one of those parents who are on class dojo i'm like texting my my, my teacher and i'm like okay he tried to get on and he can't get on like what's going on like okay um you like i am one of those parents who i like before my son starts the school once i get who a teacher is going to be i email that person introduce myself let them know who i am like i do all that stuff so now that you guys are going to this platform where there is more work as parents what can we do to help you succeed i feel organization is the best way to go about this um familiarize yourselves with the different platforms like no zoom no google meets no microsoft teams whatever that your child is using you should know how to work it um even if you haven't been on them before, try to figure out, ask a friend to help you to practice using it. Keeping your passwords, just little things that you wouldn't think anything of gets so stressful for a teacher to have given a student a password almost five or six times. And the mom is coming for the seventh time asking for the same password mm. address again. That should be written down somewhere. Get your child a planner. Have Let them write down their assignments when they're due, um, even their class schedule. Most teachers um, send it out the first day on Class Dojo or on Google Classroom. Print out that schedule. Have it visible. Um, let your child be independent. Let them work through this because this is new for everybody. They're not going to be perfect at this, and I think that's what parents want, perfection all the time. You have to understand they're humans. Yes. So I know, guys, I'm so sorry. I know I'm echoing. I'm trying to fix it, but this is what happens when we are operating. Um, I'm just doing what I can do. So I'm sorry. Um, I'm just trying to, I think it's better now because I don't hear no echoing. So I think it's way better. But yeah, just moving forward. And I think this is a great segment because I think this is what's happening. Um, a lot of parents, like I said earlier, who are home, they aren't uh, um, working in the office. They're really focusing on, you know, like you said earlier, I think it's like, oh, my child is not going to make it. And this is not going to happen. And this is not, like, you already, that's, and I'll be honest, because like I said, this is a conversation. Mine, that was my first uh, 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 um 
thought about it. I was like, what? You want a seven-year-old to be on a Google Meet for eight hours? Oh, that's not going to work. His, like, his attention span is really short. But I totally forgot that. It's funny. It's easy for me because, like I said, I do teach at a college. And I always do hybrid classes. Mm-hmm. So I do one week on campus and then the following week we do it online. So it's been easy for me. So I remember the spring semester last year when the COVID thing started, not last year, earlier this year, and we got the message from our president saying, you know, we're going for on top. I was like, oh, okay. And I remember uh, uh, faculty in my department said, well, what are we going to do? Are you guys going to provide us this? And I was just like, um, it's just like, regular just like online meeting like for them it was really difficult mm-hmm. and this is one and i wanted to bring it up to you as a teacher as a parent we do have parents who are a little bit older mm-hmm. and so this new this technology thing and all this stuff is not working for them my suggestion to the county the district is they were also supposed to have training for parents mm-hmm. I think that's something we didn't do. And so I, I want to feel you on this. Like, what do you think? Do you think it would have been better if the parents were involved? Well, my school is a community school. And what I mean is that um, we have a parent liaison that works with the parents and the teachers. So we were able to offer them classes. But we, but what I noticed at parents at back to school night, I did not have my full class of parents. We also had an extra meeting where parents could come. And it's like they're being offered all of these chances to come and, and ask questions and understand it, but we're not seeing them there. And they often have the most questions. The uh, who don't attend these meetings and attend these things. And I will also say, ask questions. If you feel like this is really hard, don't feel like, oh my goodness, they're going to think I'm not able to do this. That's fine. That's the reality of the situation. Ask questions, ask um, ask the tech person, because every school has a tech person. Ask the tech person, the tech person will be able to help you out. Ask the teacher. The teacher will be a perfect way to get things quicker. Um, ask, and you can also call the tech line. So okay. every school system has a tech line, and they will be able to walk you through things. Okay, so when you talk about tech line, that's something I think too um, is also important with the kids in the classroom and you as a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I know, like I said, um, remember two, maybe like last week we had a little hiccup where mm-hmm. teacher, you know, we logged in a little bit earlier than we were supposed to log in and basically the teacher kicked us out. So being my, they consider me to be like the, Zoom guru, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm on the Zoom. Like, I've basically been on Zoom for the last almost six months. So I know everything about Zoom. And I know that if you are the host and you kick somebody out of Zoom, you literally need to start the entire meeting all over for that person to come in. So when we were kicked out, I was like, ooh, this is going to be a whole problem. So I'm texting the teacher, knowing that the teacher is not going to respond. And then I called the school. Yes, I did. I called the school and I explained to the te- the principal and I little and I think what I did was a little disrespectful because I tried to educate the principal on how to run a Zoom meeting. And you know, and I, I think it was my parent that kicked in, but in the middle of the conversation, then my educator side kicked in. It's like, okay, 
you know, you're basically talking to this person's boss. What you're doing. And so I had to like step back, you know, and say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I know I step, I know I step above my means. There's something I'm not supposed to say, but you know, it's just a little bit frustrating when you know your kid is, you know, upset that he can't get in the classroom and he understood me. He said, Okay, so this is what we're gonna do. Here is the number, here is the email, reach out to the IT people. And I tell you, within five minutes, everything was settled. Because the IT guy was just like, all you have to do is clean your clean your cachet so yeah. go to study and clean the thing and so that link that comes from your ip address is no more in the system proving that you did try to log in before right. so i think from a parent to the other parents i just want to have you know just bounce that conversation off with you with you know parents stepping the bounds and going to administrators and doing all that stuff that we're not supposed to do can you just speak on that for me i feel like the first thing is teachers are human Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know where this like thought of like teachers being these like creatures from another place like if they get anything wrong oh I can't believe you got it wrong oh you you did this I can't believe you did it you're a teacher I've, I've actually heard <laughs> people say that and it's just for like everyday things that you would like forgive someone else for but for yeah. you just expect them to be perfect and I think like Leading with accusations is really bad. So if you come in and like, oh, they did this, you did that, you did this. I think it's better to come in with questions. So even when you do approach the principal, ask a question. Um, my child was unable to get on today. I'm not sure why. Like, instead of saying, oh, the teacher did this, she kicked them. And I think that's what most parents do. They lead with that accusation instead of like, oh, can I ask a question to better understand? Because for the most part, your like your teacher is not there to harm your child. Your teacher is not there to uh, make your child fail. Your the teacher is there to love your child. That's why we're in this because we love children. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be in this if we didn't love children. So you we really have to see us as humans, and that things happen, and there's always a solution. That's another way I deal with it. There's always a solution. You you're not gonna be kicked out of Zoom forever. You're gonna be able to get back in. Like this is not. And sure. I, it's like, sure. Oh my goodness! You kicked me out of Zoom. What's gonna happen? Oh, you didn't do this, and it's just like, calm down. And we don't even see it. Like, how would you feel if a client did that to you? How would you feel if a customer did that to you? Where they just went over your head, went straight to your boss, and started saying, "Oh, they did this and this and this and this and this," and you have an, a reason or explanation. You know what I mean? It's just. We really need to see teachers as human beings. And you saying that, I think it was a teacher moment for me because I have tried to, I always try to create this camaraderie with me and my son's teacher. So it's like, you know, you can text me anytime. I can text you. Like, that's what I try to do. And so it was funny because after I finally got in contact with her, because I emailed her and she responded, she was on her break. And she's like, well, you know, all you need to do is just clean the cachet. And she explained, she said, well, when you guys logged in, I said, log out. It's not time yet. But you guys did not respond to me. So I was just like, okay, they're not responding. So I need to get them out of the room. So mm -hmm. she got them out of the room. But I think it was like, if we had logged him in and then pay attention, listen to what she was saying, that would have helped us to know that, okay, 
you're not supposed to be there this early. And it was 30 minutes early and it was our fault. But parents would get really, you know, it's like, my, he's like, daddy, I can go in. Oh, and I'm going to lose my points. And I'm just like, okay, and I'm calling and we're texting and we're doing all this stuff. And it's like, we are frantic and trying to get this thing together. Like you said, calm down. This is not the end of the world. At the end of the world. You will get back in. You'll get <laughs> back in. You'll do your work. Everything's gonna be good. Like yes. I think I you all calm down. <laughs> like I like the way you say it because I think a lot of us who are parents is just like it's like no, we need to get this right because it did And like for me, with my personality, where it's like I need to be on top of things all the time. And then my son, he's just a mini me, so he's just sitting there pouting and having a whole dramatic episode. <laughs> his classmate, he's gonna lose his points because that was his main thing. He's losing his points. But going on to losing points, I just want to talk about the grading system. Yeah. And so now we know that the kids aren't, um, you know, they. I don't know. If, it were in my school district, I would be strict with mine. They are they don't have no homework. So everything that they do in the classroom counts towards that. So you know, um, how are you guys uh, um comparing that to when you do used to give homework? I know I'm just asking now, these questions are just coming up my head. <laughs> I told you it's gonna be a conversation. No, I feel I feel like with that, where it's just the way you will grade anything if there's you know what I mean? We grading papers is like the least fun thing. <laughs> I know. Trust uh, me. We do not like the paperwork, but we have to give it to make sure your child is doing what they're supposed to do. You can ask any teacher. Grading is not our favorite thing to be doing. So with less homework, that's less um online work for us to grade and less things for us to add scores to. And we're just going to run it as it is without the homework section. Okay, that's so. And to be honest, like I think, um, and I would say this: you are a teacher, and I had a conversation with my son, teacher. Like, we appreciate you guys. I know sometimes we don't, you know, we we for the parents who are pushy like myself, we need things to be done at a certain time. We'll forget to know that your child is not the only child in the classroom. Like for my son, there are eleven other students plus you. Make it twelve. And so um, just want to let you guys know, we appreciate you guys to know that, you know, like I told my son teacher, I said, after quarantine, when they got to go back to school, she's going to get a gift every Friday. <laughs> she gets a gift. Because there was no way in the world, like what they're doing right now, like I know how frantic I am and how sometimes I get with all these things that are going on in the world. Like I said, we'll bring it back to mental health. Yeah. You guys get up every morning and you were smiling on i zone hi how are you guys doing i'm just like we're singing too there's songs yeah you're dancing they have a dancing session dancing he's upstairs dancing i'm just like um dude what's going on he's like oh we're dancing i'm like you about to break the whole house down we're having a good time time <laughs> but at the end of the day when it comes to your mental health relating to your family and how you deal with everything, um, how can, what is it out there for you guys? Is there anything that you guys have? A lot of things. Like our district rolled out a whole like um, social, emotional. We got um, a, a psychiatrist. I think we have a psychiatrist. We have, a, uh, we have like three mental health people, I think like based in our school. And then I personally 
have been um, going online every Sunday. My friend Clarissa, she has a, a, a surrender teacher blog and you can follow her and we we pray every Sunday before we start the week and she's so good with that with mental health for teachers and like really yeah so there's so many things out there where teachers are creating or the district and the school system has have designed it for us to deal with that every morning when I sign in for work they ask me how are you feeling today it's it's mm-hmm. a lot, and I'm supposed to write my name and like my grade level, and then um, write how I'm feeling today. Okay. So it's it, they they've really been doing a really good job with that. But it's so crazy how just a little thank you can change like someone's day. Um, I've been having parent teacher conferences, and just hearing like a parent say thank you, you're doing such a good job. That makes me happy. Like I don't need gift cards. I don't need. Just you saying, oh, thank you. You're making such a, a big difference in my child's life. I see a difference in them from the beginning of the year to now. It just makes me really happy just to just to hear that. So just saying thank you. And that's why it goes back to the human aspect of it. Like yeah. you want someone to say thank you for the job you've been doing. And I think I like the fact, and I really like that. And so I do have it. Um, I w- had to get on my phone to find it. And it's Surrendered Classroom. It's on Facebook. And so you guys can go and, you know, um, for teachers who are watching, you can go on there. Um, Clarissa Bridges, Bridges, I believe that's her name. Um, and you guys can go on there. And for teachers, I think everybody needs a community. Mm-hmm. And in fact, what you said earlier that, you know, we don't have that community anymore because guess what? We don't see each other anymore. Yeah. You know, we, we have to do this uh, um, Zoom class and then from there we have to go into our normal lives so we don't have the time to meet with it. But I think this is a great platform where teachers can, you know, go and they can they can have a community where it's oh. like dealing with some sort you can talk about it or you guys can pray about it, whatever it is that you guys can do as a community. I think this is amazing. And I think um, for the parents out there who are... Um, mm-hmm looking for different, different things. Is there anything that you have for the parents? There are several different things. I know that um, my sister is talking about a parent universe or something today about parent universe. And she said she went on there and YouTube had something else also. So there are a lot of parent groups to help you because right now there's, you need strategies. Mm -hmm. That's what we teach. Um, when you hear um, a lot of people say, oh, the math is different now. No, the math has new strategies now. We're not saying, oh, do this and everybody does it. It's these are these strategies and you pick what works for you. So you have to look at different people. What are they doing? What are their routines? What are their, um, what are their structures? And then pick what's right for your family and use that strategy throughout the year. So I think it's best also for parents to join those groups, um, reach out to other parents in your building. I think I, I, as a parent, I feel like you should always have a parent friend because you never know when you're going to need information about something when before COVID a carpool, like, so you should always have a, a parent friend in the building. So I, I really believe that you can reach out to so many people and just get the strategies that you need and the teacher also. Yeah. And so I, I like the part where you talked about, you know, the parents need to connect with other parents. And I think that's a lot of, th- that's 
that's very important because I know for me, that's my thing. Um, I'm so, you know, I always like, I tell everybody, uh, um, opinion without an experience is invalid. Mm -hmm. If you don't have an experience, I don't want to, I don't want to get your opinion. Yeah. So I'm the kind of person where I have to know who is around me. So I remember when we used to take the bus, my son used to take the bus. I would get there and I would have conversations with the other parents. You know, when the parents are there, and so just to get to know them. And now it's hard because we he's in a new class and it's virtual. Now with the parents, I remember we went on, like you said, we had to do the back to school night where I did go on to the back to school night. And literally we just learned, you know, this is what the kids can do. These are the things that the kids should do. This is what the kids can do. Da, da, da. And the teacher gave us all that information, but it was never a time where we as parents were able to meet because right after that session, then we had to go see, go to another room because that's where the, like the visual arts and the science and all that stuff. So you see, so right now I know that I know from my uh, um, district, I have to reach out to the school, email the principal with something that I did because my son friend, he hasn't been able to talk to his friend or see his friend since March, since school closed, since we went to quarantine and that was March. So I had to re reach out to the principal, for the principal to reach out to the parent to see if it's okay but it also exchange numbers so these kids can talk. So, and those who know my son, he's extremely sensitive. Oh. This is very important. Yeah. A major thing. He talks about it every day. Daddy, I need to speak to my friend. And yeah. so for me, I know, you know, like friendship for him is like, that's even up. Like, okay. Let me, you know, work this out. But you as a teacher, um what what can parents do how can parents still create that environment i think this is where you're really gonna have to have your child take the lead because it's kind of difficult to ask. teachers aren't allowed to give information about anything so i feel like your child should take the lead ask the ask the boy in the class what's your name do you mind if i call you what's your number do you have a cell phone <laughs> Just questions like that. Like I've been trying to give my students more time to talk to each other. Just giving them that time to talk to each other and to develop these friendships because that's why students love school the most because of their friends. Their friends yeah, are there. That's it. You're so, right. yeah. Let your child take the lead. Let them go out of the box and ask them. Can I ask him for his number? Can I? Can I be able to call him? I think that will be a a really good thing for your child to do that because it's kind of difficult going through the school unless the other parent is really comfortable with the teacher sharing their information. I know I had one parent ask me because she wanted the child to attend like a Zoom birthday. So okay. I had to make sure that it was okay for the other parent. And of course, all the parents are like, yeah, of course, sure. We see them every day in the classroom in the Zoom when we walk by. So of course they could have it. So I guess reaching out to the teacher or having your child take the lead when it comes to this. Okay, great. So you talk about strategies earlier, and I'm just not trying to poke into your business, but give us Mrs. Baxter's strategy. <laughs> putting all of this together for the class. For me, it's routine, 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 routine. If you come to my classroom at any given day, at the same time each day, we will be doing the same thing. And I think um, students, kids love that. If you don't have a routine for your child, 
even at home, it's chaos. They should be going to bed at the same time every day. They should have nap the same time every day. Snack should be given the same time every day. And I developed this really early in my, um, when I was little, because my mom worked a lot and I, I would get home and my older sister would be there. And I decided like I need to have a schedule. I would come in, change my clothes, get a snack, eat my snack, do my homework, go outside. My mom came, I had dinner. I played with my sister, I go to bed. I had a little schedule that I made for myself. And not all kids can do that. So you, as a parent, you're going to have to make that routine for them. And even in the classroom, that's what we do. We have a strict time for language arts, strict time for math, strict time for everything. And that should be the same thing in the home as well. And people, why I am laughing and smirking on the side is because Mina, Baxter, and I did live together. We are family. <laughs> and trust and believe she always had a schedule. <laughs> I've done it. I'd be like, it's not even that deep. But I think with the little planner, she always had a little, she took those planner that I gave in high school real serious. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Those crazy things. She took it very serious at a high school game. That's something that has followed you. And I think it's amazing that you are talking about, you know, because I think a lot of parents, us who are parents, we had to step back with this quarantine because we're busy. You're going to work, you're doing this, you come home, you dinner, and everybody go to bed and get up the next morning. But now it's like, oh, oh, you're not only just getting up and doing your work. Now you got to get this man ready. You got to make sure that he's sitting in his seat. You got school about to start. And all this thing that's going on and all that stuff that's happening right now, it's really, really important for us to really plan. Because yeah. like you had to plan everything. And now that it's structured, what is actually a school day? Like I looked at the schedule, like it's a whole school day. Like I thought, but I'm glad that for my district they have like a eleven to one o'clock break mm -hmm. between eleven to one Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. They can lunch and do whatever, and then on Wednesday they were done at eleven, and after that they were fine. And so I think, I don't know why they did it, but now I understand because I can see how it's like by. 10 30 that energy level is done when oh, i'm it's romy's just like and it's so funny like people literally think that when they drop their kids off they're learning from the time they drop they step on the school soil all the way until they pick them up that's not true your child is not learning the entire day school is a whole like process we have recess lunch specials sometimes they have assemblies like even transition times that's little things that parents don't know about where we're moving from. Okay, we're done with science now. Let's move on to social studies. That takes a good 10, 15 yeah. minutes. And they have recommendations for how much a child should be learning. It is not seven yeah. hours a day. You wouldn't be able to do seven hours a day. No way. And it's funny oh. that you said that because I, so I, like I said, I'm one of these parents who always in the teacher's business. <laughs> so the teacher, um, when he was in first grade, the teacher had this thing where on Fridays, the parents would come into the classroom and just tell the kids what they do. So being I'm in healthcare and I'm in um, Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, I was like, good, I can take them something. And I carry a book that basically we use with the kids who do have rare allergies. And we just read to them to talk about the different strands of allergy, why your skin each and stuff like that. And I remember reading it to the kids. And then I had to be there for the entire, it was like from 
eight o'clock until like 11.30 and then lunchtime, then I would leave. That was, and then there's a kid in the classroom who he needs to take a break. So he has to go sit in a chair because you know, he needs to yeah. take a break. Yeah. Stress right now, and then the teacher is like, "Okay, you can go take a break." And while we continue on this side, and then I'm like, "We have break. the kids are dancing in the middle of the day because they need that brain break." Yes, and just, I'm like really shocked. And I guess okay, I can't be this shocked. I feel like everyone has in their mind like a thing about school, what they feel like school is. To so most people, is sitting in the desk. The teacher says A, then you say A, B, B. <laughs> so I grew up, so I had the privilege. Let me say this of going to school in Liberia, West Africa. We go to school at 725, and we have nine to 10 subjects, and you do all that stuff. You have one hour for break, and that's it. So, but when I went in that classroom and I saw all the things that they did and how the teacher, then they had songs for everything was like, oh, yeah. move to this and what are we going to do today? And yeah. how are you going to play your weekend? And they clap. I'm like, school is fun. Oh, yes. It's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of what we really want the students to do is think for themselves. Which is no more, oh, I'm going to indoctrinate you with this. You're going to learn math this way and that's it. No, it's how do you learn math? How does this work for you? And then you use your strategies. You use what's good for you because you are an individual. You can't teach 30, 40 kids the same way and expect everybody to grasp that. And I think that as we went on with education, as education became more and more, we, we grasped that. Like everybody is an individual. Everybody learns differently. We're going to give them different strategies. We're going to give them different ways to do this. And you are they're going to pick what works for them. And it's not about getting the answer anymore. I have not touched on this yet. Easy. <laughs> we need to talk about that because we need to talk about that. We, so it's not about answers anymore. What is it's it about? about answers. It's about how your brain is thinking. How did you get to that? You have to tell me how your brain is working. How how were you able to get to that answer? So if, even if you give me the wrong answer, I'm going to say, how do you know? And then you're going to have to tell me and show me how do you know. It's about thinking, it's about analyzing. So when I have parents who are sitting next to their children and going, 32, 24, I can, first of all, I can hear you. <laughs> day would you be in my class sitting on the carpet or at my horseshoe table going 24 12 would you be doing that so why is the zoom classroom any different you know what i mean oh, and, and, yes it's it's we are in a classroom there is a teacher that's why i'm here it's not time to teach your children you had all summer to teach your children mm -hmm. <laughs> all summer talking to you all summer you have after school, you have weekend, not when the teacher is teaching. And then I'm hearing parents in the background doing their own little curriculum, doing their teaching their kids what, I, what I'm trying to teach their child. And so it just, it gets frustrating when I, when you're trying to teach over all of that, you know what I mean? The question, the answer giving, because we as parents, us, and then the generations 
before us feel like it's about the answer. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make you look really good in front of this teacher. And I'm going to tell you every answer there is. But I can hear you. And that's not helping your child at all. In fact, that is hindering them. Because they're just going to be looking for people with answers for the rest of their life. And I like the fact that you said answer. Because if you tell your child it's 32, and then the teacher comes and says, so how did you get 32? Right. No kids. They're going to be like. And I record swivel. That's why I've been seeing all day, all day. Yeah. Head swivel. Head that swivel. is exactly <laughs> what they will do because I know my child. If I tell him anything, <laughs> we go out and I say, you can't have soda. Don't ask for candy, anything. If he go out and somebody said, would you like a can of soda? He looks at me. Swivel. Yeah. Dude, don't look at me. I already told you, you can't have it. Tell him no, you don't want it. But I like the fact that you say, so because I know as a parent growing up in my um the way how I grew up and the way how I was educated, it's all about the answer. Mm-hmm. Everything was multiple choice, mm-hmm. and you have to get the right answer. And I like the fact that you saying that it's not about the answer, it's about how did you arrive to that number? It might be the wrong answer, but why did you get the wrong answer? Because who cares about the answer if the next day you're gonna have another question? And that's the way life is also. You so worried about the answer. Okay, yes, the answer to this is this. But then the next day is another question and you're lost because you only memorized that answer. And it's a whole other question. So that's what we're trying to, we're trying to build, we don't want robots. And I think that's what it is. A robot, you tell the robot what to say, the robot says it back to you. You tell the robot what to do, the robot does it. No, we want individuals. We want creative individuals who know what they want, who can see the world for more than it, it than it is. That's what we're building now in education. And I think as parents, we really have to get out of this mindset. Even me with my child, like at certain days, I have to be like, no, she's just memorizing this. We need to step out of this. And I need to ask her, Olivia, how do you know this? And then she'll go on her little spew, but <laughs> it's good to question them. It's really like that because I think with my um kid, it's like he can explain. Well, I recall and he's everything like me, so he can explain, but he knows how to work his way out of situations. <laughs> he doesn't need to be there. Like he will like, oh no, daddy, this was what happening, and because I did this and it was an accident, and I da, 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 da. and I remember him doing his math work the other day. And the teacher sent it back and said that he was wrong. And when I said, Matthias, your teacher is wrong, he said, Daddy, it's not about being wrong. I need to explain to my teacher why I got this answer because she cannot tell me I'm wrong. And when I did it the way she taught me how to do it, this is the answer I got. But kids naturally do this. And I'm looking at you, but you do this. wrong. Yeah. When they naturally make stories, they naturally are able to explain themselves. We tell them, stop. Stop. What what happened here? You know what I mean? Instead of having them explain what led to it, it's what happened here. And it better be yes or or a no, something straight. Don't tell me all these other things. And I feel like we really need to break that. We really, really do. And that's and that will free the teacher. That will free you. You won't be sitting next to your child anymore telling them the answer because you'll have free time. You can go and get water to drink instead of sitting there. Relax. But I'll enjoy the conversation. Uh, I know you won't believe the time, but I told you. Oh, wow. (laughs) I enjoyed the conversation. And I just want you to just 
educate us or tell us or leave us with something that can help you guys as teacher with your mental health and your mental stability because why i had you on this show and why i brought up this topic is because this is a group that unfortunately we don't really care about mm-hmm. there are teachers they're supposed to do their job yeah we don't understand that everything that my child gets from in the house he brings it in the classroom exactly Everything. And I say this because I'm always vulnerable on this show. And I say what I say. It's like when I was going through my divorce, my son took it in the classroom. And my teacher, teacher called me. She said, we need to have a conversation yeah. because your son is feeling this way. Your child is feeling this way. And we need to talk about it. Yes. How can he transition from having both his parents together to where he's going to see his dad only on certain times and see his mom on certain times? Right. And so I think this is something that, you know, a lot of teachers or a lot of school don't care about it. Just let it go. But we'll forget to know that you guys are role play a vital role in upbringing our kids, not only in the classroom, but outside of the classroom. Yeah. So how can we as parents help you so that you, you as a teacher, I mean, teachers all over the world, the 56, the seven <laughs> million school guys. How can we help you with your mental health and your stability so that you can be okay? Let me do my job. Let me do my job. It's that simple. Let me do my job. Stop Googling things and telling me what you found on Google. Stop um, trying to tell me it should be done this way and that way. Let me do my job. Stop bothering your child. Let Give them some kind of independence. Let them work this out. Get, let them be who they were meant to be. Let me do my job and let your child be. I think that's all it is. You can ask any teacher. We just want to teach. Mm. That's it. All these other things, laws and different things, that's not, we don't care about that. We just want to teach. And we just want to bring, bring that change to the next generation. That's what we want. So if, if you are ready to send that text at night, <laughs> Put the phone down. Put the phone down. If you're ready to send that email to the principal, because I've got it too. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go tell your principal. Go tell my principal. Go. Go. Like, put the phone down. Put the, e- the email down. And, and think, let me do my job. I'm going to let Miss Baxter do her job. And then if anything, I'm going to ask her a question first. Before I accuse her, because you don't know what's going on. So that's my only. But thank you. This has been an amazing time. I think we, as parents, I think me, as uh, who I am, um, I have been educated a lot. And we say thank you for you guys. Like I said, teachers who are out there in the world trying to educate our kids. Um, I hope that a lot of parents will watch this and understand what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. Uh, we appreciate you guys. You know, you guys are amazing. You guys are great. Um, there are some times that we are disrespectful, but we will try to work better to be good parents and to be a good support. Yeah. I think we all do this together. We yeah. all do this together and we need to be a great The whole world is in this. This is something that's never be, been done in generations like it's never ever been done so to think that anybody is perfect at this at this point would be ridiculous to think that your child is is like gonna be perfect at this or the teacher is or even you is kind of ridiculous and you're being too hard on yourself mm-hmm. i would say relax 
calm yeah. down. We will get through this. We'll get through this, this. Is, yep, and this is the cold word for tonight. Relax. Because it's not going to be that deep. But again, you guys, you were watching the conversation, outspoken and opinionated. This was Miss Mrs. Mina Baxter, a school teacher. I am, of course, your host, Edwin Meyer. We will see you next week, Thursday, where we continue the train on mental health. You guys have a great evening, and i see you next week, Thursday. Hope everyone go out and vote. If you had not yeah. done it, register. we want everyone to vote. Remember, your voice counts, and this is important. If you're in the United States, you can vote. We're asking you to please go out and vote. Your voice matters. We appreciate you guys and have a great evening.